creatives. Welcome back to the Do It For The Process podcast. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords. I'm an artist, educator, mother of three. I love to make a good oat milk latte in the mornings. I have two pets now. This is very exciting to us. We have a cat named Picasso and a new bunny named Lana Del Rey. And they're both precious, precious, precious. If you want to see them, they're on my Instagram at Emily underscore Jeffords. But this is not actually a pet owner's podcast. This is a podcast for artists and creatives who are seeking to grow their creative businesses and seeking to do so in a happy, healthy, and vibrant way. And one that is full of sustainability and one that is full of play and of enjoyment. I think we can totally do both, especially with all the tools at our fingertips as artists working and running businesses in 2020, oh my gosh, what year is it? 2023 and beyond. (laughs) We have a lot of things at our disposal that can be powerful tools. Um, We've been talking in this season of Do It For The Process about really blending those two things, sustainability and profit and also pleasure and Um, I think this is incredibly important for us to talk about because as artists and as creatives, there's this blend, this balance that we have to achieve between loving our craft and being able to tap into that vulnerable, thoughtful, uh, pleasure-filled flow state. And also the flip side of that is running a business which in the Western capitalist world that we live in comes with a lot of shoulds and coulds and must do's and to-do lists that just go on for the rest of our whole lives, literally. So how do we merge these two things together and create a career out of our creativity? I think it's totally possible and totally doable to achieve this elusive dream. And I get to help a lot of artists do so inside of the course that I teach called Making Art Work that opens at the end of August. If you're a creative entrepreneur who's been in business for a little while, or if you're starting and you're on a really strong beginning step and you're like, all right, I want this to be my career, I want this to be my, my passion and my job. I highly recommend um, joining Making Artwork when it when the doors open at the end of August. It's going to change your creativity. It's going to change your business. It's going to make both of them blend in this really beautiful and sustainable way. And I can't wait to see you in there. Okay, doors for that open at the end of August. Today, however, we're going to talk about the merging of these two things. And last week, we talked about different ways that you can begin to mix play and sustainability. Um, And when I say sustainability, I mean keeping your business healthy, the profit, the things that you need to um, make this a substantial part of your your living or your career in some way. Um, How do you do that while still keeping yourself, the human, the creative, healthy and vibrant and engaged in creativity and engaged in inspiration and those things that are so important to our health as artists? Um, I gave some ideas last week. One of the ideas that I gave that I really want to sit with today in this episode is diversifying your business. So the things that you offer inside of your business, this is going to sound kind of dry at the beginning. I promise you this is full of so much excitement and so much uh, space to play and space to just invent inside of your business, which is so fun. It's so fun to not get stuck in a box, not to put your creative work in a box, not to put yourself in a box. It's so fun to let yourself expand in these ways and your business can hold all of that. So if you want to follow along, I actually put together a beautiful 
workbook that you can use that'll really help you take all of things, all the things we're going to talk about today and um, just internalize them and make them part of your business in a really practical way. Go to emilyjeffordslearn.com and click on the resources tab. You'll find this booklet in the resources. It's eight pages long. It's not that long. It's not going to take you a long time to go through. It's going to be really, really helpful though. And it's also really, really beautiful. So I love beautiful things. And this is definitely that. Okay, let's dive in and talk about diversifying your business as a creative. So the first thing that I recommend in making artwork, the first module, we talk about this quite in depth. That is defining your highest work. If that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, just basically think about what is that one thing that you are known for, that you want your work to be known for? If you're just beginning, what's the one thing that you are interested in exploring most and making the most important thing inside of your business? If, um, if that feels broad and feels too vast, then don't worry about it too much yet. I think it'll emerge as you begin to sit with it and think about it. And again, download the workbook. And I think that'll help you to kind of internalize a bit of this. And of course, making your work would be a really, really good place for you to dive in and really define this for yourself and for your business. But once you know what your highest work is, what that one thing is that you and your business are going to be kind of built on and founded upon, when people think of you, they think, oh my gosh, Emily Jeffords, landscape paintings, or they think Emily Jeffords, creative education, that kind of thing. Whatever your thing is that fits within that like mindset, that brand identity, that thing that you're most known for, that your business is kind of built on. Now, once that's defined, you can begin to add layers. And I like to think about this as the space to really play. Your highest work should be something that you have a lot of capacity to dive into and to love for a long time. So for me, landscape paintings are a great example of this because I clearly am still obsessed with landscape paintings. I've been painting them for a long time. I find them to be pleasurable. I find them to be exciting, uh, still challenging for me. I am not done, which is great. Um, if your subject matter changes a lot, if that feels like, oh my gosh, I cannot paint sunflowers for the rest of my life. I'm not into that. Then think about it more like an aesthetic or a way of seeing the world that can be your highest work. And maybe that comes out in the form of, of pastel drawings or of weavings made with found objects or of um, hand-spun yarn that you create yourself or poetry that has a certain flavor. Um, don't let the, the uh, like maybe the thing or the object be too limiting or too defining, but do have something that you're like, I can be known for this for at least the next six months to a year. Again, we talk a lot more about this inside of making your work. And we talk a lot about how to build a brand as an artist in a way that feels really expansive and not like you're putting yourself into a box or very limiting or, um, you know, like Nike is known for shoes. You don't have to be quite that limited. You can be very expanded as an artist, which is amazing and so, so generous. So once that's defined, then we can begin to weave in something new. So if you're inside of the workbook, page three is all about weaving in those new things. And this is very exciting because um, as you begin to weave in new options for your customers, maybe it's different products, maybe it's different offerings, maybe it's a retreat or a workshop or a course, or you offer prints or you're offering a new thing that you're going to sell in your shop, you get to delight your customers 
And you get to find inspiration in a new place. So back to our general theme of letting pleasure be something that really expands and soaks into everything that you do as a creative entrepreneur. This is the space where you get to play because you get to not only delight and offer your current customers something new, you get to attract new customers with that new product also because I have a lot of customers that are interested in creative retreats that don't even own my artwork or they they want a painting, but not a course, or they want my Lightroom presets, but they don't want my affirmation deck or you get the gist. Okay. I don't need to list all my products. Um, so you get to offer things to your customers that they might be into that you can then play with, which is so much fun. If all I did every day was paint landscape paintings, I guarantee you, I would be bored hundred percent. I've tried it. It didn't go so well. I need adventure. I need fresh things. I need new things. I'm a manifesting generator. If you're into human design, if you're not, don't worry about it. But there's something to that personality type that needs to be exploring new things a lot. And that's me. And it makes sense once I'm like, oh yeah, that is totally something that I need. But I think that all creatives have this, whether you have this, uh, really vast need to explore new things like I do, or even just like a more, I think we all need change. I think we all need adventure. We need to explore new parts of ourselves and new parts of creativity. That's why we're creative entrepreneurs. And I think that's really exciting because it gives us space to play not only creatively, but also with new problems. And problem solving is where creativity thrives best. So if you can create new products or new offers, you also get to create new adventures for yourself. And that's amazing. So one thing that I do think about this, because the other side of this is maybe you have all of the ideas in the entire world. <laughs> and maybe you're like, I want to do everything. I want to create courses and retreats and classes. And I want to teach online and I want to teach in person. And I want to create lightning. Oh my gosh, what is lightning? <laughs> I was going to say something else. And then I like switched mid, mid idea. Uh, maybe you want to create cell phone cases and calendars and ornaments and socks and everything. You have all the ideas, right? If you're not sure if the idea is right for you, um, you can kind of go back to that idea that you're talking about, about the whole big magic approach to things. And if an idea is right for you, it'll kind of sit with you for a little bit, which I think is so special. Um, if it's not right, it might just move on. And that's also completely fine. But if you have an idea that sits with you for a little bit, or if you want to capitalize on that kind of like new love energy, that passion energy, um, these are kind of the questions that I think through when I'm evaluating whether something is right for me and for my business. Imagine a bullseye. So again, if you have the workbook, there's a beautiful graph that demonstrates this, go download it. Okay. So we have this bullseye in the center of the bullseye. There are things that excite you and excite your audience. That is the most exciting place of all. There's energy everywhere. You are into this. You can't wait to create it. You're like, yes, 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 yes. Your audience, the majority of them is also like, oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, I'm in. I've been wanting this. I've been asking for this. Yes. There's a lot of positive energy there. That's the most amazing thing of all. It's absolute magic. Uh, the next phase out would be it's being requested by your customers and they are super into it and they want it badly. You're not quite as excited about it, but you're like, okay, yeah, 
I can do this. My business needs this. The income will be awesome. Um, my customers are clearly wanting this. There's energy behind this idea. Okay, we can do this, right? Like that's, that, uh, at least for me, I can get quite excited about that. And I can be like, okay, yeah, I, I get why you want this. I can make this happen for you. And this will be exciting for me as I kind of warm to the idea and flow with it a little bit. The third phase, if we're kind of sco scoping out inside of our bullseye, the third level is exciting to you, but not something your audience is into. So this is tricky because I think we want to flip these a lot. We want to flip uh, the, this is exciting to me, but my audience is not into it. And all you have to do to make this um, as valuable as that center bullseye section is to get your audience excited. Now, this is going to take more energy from you because you have to now educate and inform and hype up your audience and attract possibly a new audience if it's something that's really far out of left field for your current audience. But once you do that, you're golden because now everyone's in that center of the bullseye where it's exciting to you and to your audience. But that energy that it takes to kind of inform and delight and get your audience on board, that can take a lot of energy. So just kind of keep that in mind. But if you're so excited about it, do not let it go. That is absolute magic. Your audience will feel that magic. Um, there's something about that energy, that, that very physical energy of excitement that's contagious. And if you can spread that to your audience, oh gosh, contagion is not a good verb post COVID, but attraction, there we go. It's very attractive, like magnetically attractive. And if you can let your audience get attracted to it, um, they're going to be so, so excited and so into it. Okay, the third ring, or I'm sorry, the fourth ring, not the third ring, the fourth ring, that's the furthest one out, I don't recommend living here very often, is the, you see everyone else doing it and it's working for them, but you aren't really that into it and your audience isn't currently asking for it. So I see this a lot, actually, this is so weird because I see this so often, People fall into this. It's popular. People are doing it. I should be doing it too, but you don't really want to. Your audience isn't asking for it. A couple of great examples. I see a lot of people beginning to create courses when they don't really want to. And courses are exhausting to create. They take a lot of your passion and of your thoughtfulness and of your, uh, just of you, that you have to give it a lot of energy. And if your audience isn't really asking for it, you're going to have to do so much nurturing and educating and informing of your audience to get them hyped when they're not really asking for it yet. That can be exhausting on both fronts. And I see a lot of artists and creatives and business people creating courses when they don't really want to. They just want to do what's popular and what they think is profitable or what they think that they should be doing at this phase in their career, but they don't want to. Um, and a personal example of this is, <laughs> this is kind of ironic because we offered these last year, but calendars. I personally am not really into them. They don't really excite me. I've been excited about them in the past, but I'm not really into them right now. My audience is not asking for calendars. So why? <laughs> we'll see. We actually might offer one in 2020 uh, for 2024 to be determined. And if so, it'll be something that is aligned. And I'll be like, all right, yeah, I'm ready for this. Let's do this. Um, but that's a thing like a product in the past. I think we offered a calendar in 2021 
for 2022. And I wasn't excited about it. And my audience wasn't asking for it. So guess what? It didn't sell that well because none of us were really into it. So I felt like I should be doing it because it's popular to do, but not something that I was really into. So again, the four phases are excited or exciting for you and your audience. So you're both like, oh my gosh, yes, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, an example of that would be if I offer a retreat in Paris, that's something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to do that. Actually, Paris is probably not where I would do one, but you know what I mean? Like a retreat in somewhere dreamy. My audience is also like, yes, I want to go to a retreat. That's a really easily aligned um, thing for both me and for my audience. The second phase, your audience is requesting something from you. You can get behind it. You can get ex excited and inspired to do it. You can easily warm to their passion and, um, you know, really get into it. The third phase, it's exciting to you, but not something your audience is into right now. So you have to warm them to the idea and get them excited about the idea, which you can totally do. It'll just take more energy. And then the fourth phase, I don't recommend doing it. It's not that exciting to you or to your audience, but it's popular. The fifth phase, I don't even have it on the list because I hope we can all just be like, absolutely not. But the fifth phase is you don't want to do it. Your audience doesn't want this thing. It's not even popular. So just, just don't, <laughs> just don't even do it. Um, if I made socks, for example, I don't want to create socks. They're not popular. They're not something my audience is asking for. Gosh, I want to create socks now. Oh no. I'm going to talk myself into it. <laughs> but as long as the idea isn't completely turning you off across the board, it's worth considering. So that's my metric. That's what I use to weigh every choice, every new thing that I weave into my business. Um, it's worth considering. So in this workbook, just to get the ideas flowing, because oftentimes we have a hard time thinking of new products to create because number one, the options are overwhelming. You can create anything in the whole entire world. And number two, the options are overwhelming because uh, which one is right for you? How do you decide which one fits your brand? All these different kinds of things. I'm a very intuitive based um, creator. So unless someone's coming to me, again, back to that second ring, unless my audience is coming to me and saying, please create this, I'm going to rely on my intuition first and foremost, my desire first and foremost. So an example of that, nobody asked me to create an affirmation deck. No one said, Emily, please create a deck full of cards that have beautiful words that'll keep me inspired and keep me going on them and make them beautiful and sell them. No one asked for that. I wanted to create an affirmation deck. It was like, oh, delight. I have delight over this. Um, one thing that I recommend doing in this workbook is going through page number five. There's a page called tangible products. And then page six is intangible goods and services. Sit with this. These are all things that might fall into that popular category or maybe even like, nope, not for me category. For instance, yoga mats, you might be really into that idea. You might not want to create yoga mats at all. Murals, again, you might be so into murals or you might be like, absolutely not. Um, sit with the list, sit with every single item on this list and then just intuitively mark this document, like print it out, mark it up, um, use a maybe like a green pen for things that excite you, a red pen for things that you're like, absolutely not. It can be so clarifying though to have some ideas and just some places to begin thinking. 
Um, I'll read a few of these. I won't read the whole list because it's actually pretty long and you can download the workbook and go through it. But notebooks, prints, fabric, ornaments, cards, perfume. Yes, I said perfume. You can create perfume and that would be so fun to create. <gasps> oh my gosh, I'm inspired. Um, buttons, like, you know, buttons, um, imp- uh, temporary tattoos, um, clothing of any kind, any article of clothing, t-shirts, belts, scarves, socks. I keep coming back to socks for some reason, yoga pants, anything, tapestries, furniture, laptop cases, quilts, pot holders, limited edition of absolutely anything that you currently offer, make it limited edition. And now it's exclusive. You can charge more for it. Beautiful. Awesome. We love it. Planners, trinket dishes, necklaces, calendars, wedding invitations. Again, this list is long. Sit with it. Think about your skills, your highest work. Again, you have to go back to your highest work though, because If you know that your highest work is, let's say, floral paintings, if something can can align with that and elevate your highest work, then awesome, consider it. If something would devalue your highest work, then do not consider doing it. And again, we talk a lot more about this inside of Making Art Work. We'll talk about this week one, where we help you define uh, what your business should be founded upon, including like your values, the things that make you happy, the things that make your audience happy, what your work requires, like letting yourself see your work as something important and valuable and big and beautiful and really letting your business grow to fit that. Ugh. Um, week one is, is foundational and deeply, deeply important. And we talk about this in week one quite a bit. So Try making it work if that feels like something that you're craving and something that you're needing. Um, all right, let's talk about intangible goods. So we talked about tangible goods, things that you can sell, physical things you can sell. The intangible goods can be a really, really fun place to play for those of us that already create products because it gives you some other flavors to play with, some different options to play with. So I have already mentioned workshops, classes. You can create apps, you can create tutorials, you can create a mentorship, you can do subscription services, art licensing, you can rent out your artwork, that's a service. You can um, offer freelance writing, you can sell playlists, you can sell city guides, you can sell sponsored Instagram posts. It's called being an influencer and it's uh, kind of fun. You can offer private lessons. You can offer eBooks. Again, there are so many more things you can expand on this, get creative. Um, let yourself play, let yourself play. And like I said last week, there's a really beautiful thing that happens when your business begins to be founded on more than one thing, because eventually your business has a lot of legs. And I I had the metaphor of a table in the last episode where if you sell one product, that's awesome. That one product better be shining and so beautiful. And I'm sure that it is that one product is standing on a one-legged table. And that is a little risky in my opinion. It can balance and it can be fine and it can stand up for years and years. But if there's an earthquake or something happens or like someone walks too hard in the room, the table's going to fall over, right? Unless it's a very, very thick table leg. Um, I recommend having a business that has more than one leg, preferably three or possibly four or more. The more legs you give your table, the more secure and stable it is through different market shifts and marketing shifts and audience um, 
desires and where the trends are heading and and shifting and people's desires are heading and shifting. It gives you a lot of space to settle in and know that your business is going to be secure through a lot of change, which is very reassuring to me and probably also to you. My one caveat, which I also gave last week, is this. Don't spread yourself too thin. You only have so much energy. This is only fun if you have energy. And I want your career to be one that is full of so much um, enjoyment and lightness and ease, even if it's hard, even if it takes a lot of passion. Passion is one of the most exciting and Uh, powerful resources that we have. And as creatives, we have a lot of it because we get to build our businesses on passion. But passion is something that you can use to make sure that you're enjoying it, making sure that you're, you know, that you're really enjoying all the phases of your creativity and of your business. But you can also use it when times get a little harder because the definition of passion that I love most is loving something so much you're willing to suffer for it. I don't want to suffer very much though. I don't know about you, but I don't think that sounds very fun. <laughs> but there is that that like rub between loving something and being willing to work so hard to see it through, even if you're in some discomfort or you're in some friction. It's worth it because you love it so much. So don't spread yourself too thin is what I was trying to say with all that. Um If you begin to offer 30 things, you may not have the energy needed to market those things effectively and well, and that's problematic on a variety of fronts. So don't do that, but do have enough where you can have stability and safety and structure. If you have an idea and you're not sure where it falls inside of that beautiful little bullseye that we drew, the uh, circles, you know, it's exciting to you and to your audience. It's exciting to your audience, but you're not really into it yet, but you can be. Um, it's exciting to you, but your audience doesn't know about it yet, or they're not excited about it yet, or it's just popular and kind of, we'll see. Um, if you have an idea that falls somewhere in that scope of, of, you know, things of desire, ask your audience, research, have a survey. Surveys are incredibly helpful, um, incredibly informative. They can really direct your steps They can also help your audience to get very excited about whatever you're creating because they had a hand in creating. They had a hand in the invention and the conception of this thing. They helped you. They informed you about what they were wanting. And they're much more likely to actually follow through when you begin to sell that product as a result. So I recommend surveying, researching, asking your audience whenever you have that, you know, that slight question. And you can ask some small things. You can ask some things like, hey, I'm considering painting a little bit larger. Would you be interested in 20 by 20 inches or 40 by 40 inches? Here's the price breakdown. Here's what I'm considering. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear from you. You're going to get feedback. That's so helpful. And now everyone that offered you feedback is invested, which is awesome. Or maybe you want to say, hey, I'm considering offering a workshop. Do you want it to be online or in person? I live in Dallas-Fort Worth. I don't. Um, I am thinking about offering it in October and would you come? Should it be online or in person? And that feedback is going to be super helpful as you begin to formulate this idea and think through the logistics and the, you know, the back end things and how you would do this. 
it's also so helpful to your audience because now they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. This thing is coming. I can't wait. I'm in. I hope it's online or I hope it's in person. I voted for this. I voted for this. And they're now invested in a way that they wouldn't have been otherwise. And that is so helpful. Okay. That's what I have for you today. I recommend letting yourself expand, invent, create, um, explore, let yourself and let your business grow to fit whatever you want to. You can invent something incredible and unique and special to just you and just to your business. If something is popular and exciting to you, awesome. But you know what? We as artists have the superpower of getting to invent new realities. So if something is popular, that might not make it good for you because you are in the business of inventing new realities and new creations. And that might be inventing something completely new that you can offer to your audience. That's going to be like, oh my gosh, what is this? I'm in. When I began offering Lightroom presets, do you know how much education I had to do? I'm not a photographer. I am not someone that has ever sold Lightroom presets before. People were like, what's Lightroom? What are presets? And I had to be like, okay, yeah, I use them every single day. And I do, and I love them so much. Um, I had to do education on how to download Lightroom, how to use presets, how to use a camera, how to do like all kinds of things that I wasn't expecting to have to do because I wanted to create a new product that my audience wasn't familiar with, but it excited me and I knew how amazing of a tool this product was. So that was something that I got to create and I got to create a new reality and a new thing, even though... Um, it took some educating of my audience to do so. So if you have that inside of you, like, oh my gosh, this would be so exciting. That falls under that third ring in our bullseye where it's exciting to you, but your audience is not into it yet. I don't have an audience of photographers. I have an audience of creatives and the people that love creativity. They also apparently love Lightroom presets because they are one of our best sellers. And there's so much fun. There's so much fun creating with your photography, even as someone that's not really great at photography. I am not that great at photography. My camera is most often on auto mode. Don't tell anybody. It's true though. Um, but I'm really good at editing. And I love that like creative expression that editing allows us to have and that individuality that allows us to create, you know, something really beautiful with our cameras. That's so exciting to me. So I got my audience on, audience on board and now they're in and now it's so much fun. So let yourself invent, let yourself create, let yourself feel free. You are never stuck in a box. You are never stuck in something that is tried and true, but maybe boring to you. No, 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 no. You are the inventor. You are the creative behind your business. If you need support in your business, if you're like, oh my gosh, I have so many ideas, or I don't really know where I should head, or I have these things that are working, but I've stagnated, join making art work when the door is open. The investment will be a hundred percent worth it to you. I guarantee it. It's kind of like getting your MBA in nine weeks. And by the end of it, you'll know not only how to create beautiful work because you already do, but also how to sell that work and how to create a business that is sustainable and that can last for the rest of your whole entire life if you wanted to. Um, it's an incredible course and one that I'm honored to get to lead and get to teach and get to coach so many just passionate and incredible creatives through 
Um, you'll hear from me, you'll hear from guest experts, you'll hear from my team, you'll hear from other incredible artists inside of this space. Um, it's life-changing. So join us when doors open in August, at the end of August. Before that, though, I'm offering something that's free. So making it work, you, you pay for. It's worth it, trust me. Um, but if you want a little taste of my teaching style and just a little jump start, because making it work is a really... Uh, I recommend treating it very seriously. You don't, you don't have to, but I really recommend doing so. And if you want a little jumpstart on that, I'm offering a free mini course called Share the Work. It'll be a five-part series. It'll take you through setting up an online shop, creating a brand as an artist, um, making your website really shine and sell on your behalf, um, knowing what your customers are actually interested in, what they actually want from you. It's very, very helpful and just a really great place to begin this whole journey. And it's totally free. So definitely join that and settle in. So I recommend doing that. Um, that begins, let me check my date so I don't give you the wrong date because that would just be so embarrassing. That begins on August 21st. Monday, August 21st through that Friday. So that whole week, um, Monday through Friday of the 21st, it'll be super light, super easy. You can just join us live or you can watch the replays every day at 1 p.m. Eastern time that day. Um, it's going to be life-changing and it's free. So join us then and then join us in making it work when it opens on August 24th. Oh, I can't wait. What a good fall. What a good fall we're going to have. Okay. That's all I have for today. I hope that you, oh my gosh, wait, I need to read our poem. <gasps> I almost forgot. And that would have been tragic because I just think that poetry is changing the world. It's changing my world. So let's go. Today, I'm going to read a sweet, sweet poem by an American poet named Ross Gay, who focuses a lot on on pleasure and on gratitude and on seeing delight in the world. And this poem is, whew, <laughs> it calls me out uh, frequently as someone that just, well, you'll see. Okay, I'm just going to read it. It's called Thank You by Ross Gay. Here we go. Thank you. If you find yourself half naked and barefoot in the frosty grass, hearing, again, the earth's great sonorous moan that says you are the heir of now and gone, that says all you love will turn to dust and will meet you there, do not raise your fist. Do not raise your small voice against it and do not take cover. Instead, curl your toes into the grass. Watch the cloud ascend from your lips. Walk through the garden's dormant splendor. Say only thank you. Thank you. <sighs> have some gratitude. Have some appreciation for the moment that we're in, even if it uh, feels too fleeting or layered with some unkindness. I'm trying to open my uh, affirmation deck card so I can pull a card for us today. Okay. Here we go. This card is beautiful. Pink and gold and green with some pink pigment. And on the other side, it says, be persistent, be positive. Be persistent, 
be positive. Take that with you for the day. Let it be something that um, keeps you grounded. Those actually pair really beautifully. This poem about knowing that all things come to an end and the rage that kind of, uh, I don't know. That's what I was trying to hint at earlier is I just feel like there's this quiet fury that all things end and also this delight that all things end you know like I don't want to sit in the same thing forever I want to evolve I want to keep flowing and keep shifting as, as I talked about earlier in business it applies to all of life too be persistent and also be positive be positive and persistent and if you find yourself meeting that that desire to raise your fist and to raise your small voice against it. Do not take cover. Instead, curl your toes into the grass and watch the cloud ascend from your lips and walk through the garden's dormant splendor and say only thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for spending time thinking about your creative work. The world needs to see how beautiful and bold and glorious it is because it is. And we all need a little bit more beauty and clarity and peace uh, more than ever. So thank you for being someone that spends energy creating that. That means a lot to everyone that gets to experience it. So that's generous and don't forget it. Okay. I can't wait to see you inside of Share the Work. Um, it's going to be beautiful. There's information on my, on my website right now, emilyjeffordslearn.com. If you forgot to download the workbook that goes along with this, you're coming to the end of this episode and you're like, oh my gosh, okay, where, where is that again? Again, go to emilyjeffordslearn.com. There's a link down below. You can download the workbook via the resource tab on that website. I can't wait to see you in Share the Work. I hope this, um, this workbook is helpful and clarifying to you and offer some really good ideas as you imagine and invent and let yourself live in persistent pleasure and gratitude and positivity and creativity and passion. Again, the kind of passion that lets you work hard and suffer and come up against things and be like, no, I got this. I want to work through this. I want to like fight through this because it's worth it and it's good and it means something to me. Okay. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great week. I'll be back here in two weeks. And until then, bye for now.